going on, everyone? You have turned into She Said What? And it's your host, Alan Newman, here for episode two of our He She Said What? Last week was fire. We have another fire topic for you today. I'm just so excited to see what we have to say for you guys. Um, today, our topic is going to be what qualities do you look for when dating? I actually have a lovely guest, Dee, who will be on here with me so that we can break this down and see the inner workings of how women think. Um, if you want to go ahead and come on so you can speak and ask your question um, for Dee, please remember you can dial us at 515-602-9647 and press the number one once again, that's 515-602-9647. If you are a business owner or entrepreneur looking for the right network to air your services or products, I have just the place for you. Send your inquiry to ads at he said what network.com and we'll hook you up with our global listeners that have what you are looking to offer with us today. Without further ado, though, let me go ahead and introduce the very lovely Dee, who will be, as I said, my guest on today. How are you doing tonight, Dee? I am amazing. How about you? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. Happy Wednesday. Definitely excited to have you um, here with us. I'm looking forward to being able to pick your brain with the questions we have so the fellas can hear what the women think about and talk about when it comes to dating. So I'm definitely excited to have you here with us. I am excited as well. I hope I can be of help. Um, I hope I ain't too far off the mark and I represent the ladies well. So I'm excited. Oh, I, I have no doubt you'll represent them well, and I have no doubt they, they will be here to have your back as well. So I already know it's going to be exciting. <laughs> so let's, let's get the ball rolling with the first question. Um, first question, D, is do women really know what they are looking for in a man, or do they look for what looks good? Because a lot of women say what they're looking for, and then when it's presented, fellas feel like that's not exactly what they're looking for. So what do you think? Do women really know what they're looking for in a man, or do they look for what looks good for them? Um, I think that we definitely do um, if we are purpose-driven. Um, if we mm-hmm. are clear on what our purpose is, then we, we kind of know what kind of man we're looking for. If you are not clear on what your purpose is, then you're going to look for what is fashionable, what your mom and them told you that you need to be going for. But if you are aware of what you have been purposed and designed to do, you know that you can't, you know, you can't just take anybody on that journey or you can't just latch on to anybody, uh, anybody else's purpose. Um, so you're you're pretty clear as long as you you understand what your purpose is. Okay, okay, I like the answer. So basically, you're saying more is if you know your purpose in regards to it, you're you're pretty much to be solid in what you're looking for. Is that about right? That's correct. Yes, sir. That's it. Okay, okay. So then to piggyback off of that, then since since if you are looking for a potential relationship with a man, how how big is of a factor is it if you know your purpose, how big of a factor is it if he either doesn't fully know his purpose or he's still working into it? Would that affect if you would give him a chance? Or do you need someone who – do you need him to unequivocally already understand and know what his purpose is? For me, he needs to be at least – he needs to know what his purpose is, even if he's not 100% on how to fulfill it. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I say that is because a woman can definitely help you with the A to Z because that's what we do. We're very analytical creatures. We will give you the step-by-step on how to get whatever it is that you're trying to get done. Um, but if you have no purpose, if you're not clear on what you're here to do, if you're not clear on what your wife's role should be in his life, um, he is bound to undervalue you, um, and I'm and I'm I've, I've experienced that. I've experienced both sides where you're with a man who is purposed and who is aware of you know what he is here to do, and then a man who is not. Um, he doesn't understand what it is that you bring to the table. We talk about bringing something to the table all the time, but you really don't know what at, what's at the table that you should be really eating. What what part of it? 
is really nourishing for you. And when you don't know, you know, what it is that you're supposed to be doing, how I lock into that, um, you're destined to undervalue me. So um, it's it's imperative for me that a guy at least has some clue on what he's here to do, even if he doesn't fully know how to execute it. Okay, okay. So basically, um, if he's extremely – so then here's another question to kind of piggyback off that, D. Um, if he's extremely goal-driven and cannot offer an adequate amount of time, could – could that be foreseen as an issue or no, since he has a goal, it's just he doesn't have a timetable for it or the amount of time for it? Does that really – hopefully my question makes sense. Does that affect it as well or no? Um. So yes and no. For me, it's like saying that you're going to be busy because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm busy. Um, I own my own business. I have my hand in a lot of other – brands and things like that. So I totally understand what it means for you to be busy. But if you're aware of the purpose of that woman in your life, it should have some type of priority of you forging that relationship, making sure that that relationship is strong. So if you know that the job of your wife in your business is going to be someone who is you know, creating partnerships or she is the one that manages the household or whatever it is, you're going to know mm-hmm. that you're ne- you need to do a certain something for her, whatever her specific needs are, in order for her to, you know, stay a, a part of that team. Um, I have been leadership on, you know, in businesses, on teams, on in, in various places, and I know mm-hmm. that I can't just neglect any part of that team you know, just because, like, well, I'm busy, so I don't have time to, you know, deal with you. That will make that team member feel undervalued, and as a result, they'll underperform. So <clears throat> this is the same thing in relationships. You can't just, you know, decide, well, I'm working on this, or I'm trying to get that, and, and you just not pay attention to what your spouse is doing or what your spouse needs or your significant other. Okay, okay, okay. So then question, is there a limit on the amount of time it may take him to identify the role for you that he may have in his life or no? Kind of what 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 do you see with that? Because sometimes we have set timetables. Sometimes we don't have set timetables. Other people are like, I need her to, him or her to understand that at this stage in my life, I need them for this. This stage in my life, I need them for that. Um, is there a limit to the amount of time that is needed, in your opinion? I think so. Um Firstly, I think that before you even approach a woman or before you even approach me, I will have expected you to do some part of your homework. Um, You need to know who I am and what I do. And, you know, off top, you kind of understand, okay, this woman fits with what it is that I'm trying to do. So it takes a lot less time than if you're trying to figure out you're trying to learn me at the same time and trying to figure out what you want to do, and then you're trying to figure out how I fit into that, That that's, of course, going to take some time. But when mm-hmm. you are clear on what it is that you're here to do, you're clear on what it is that I do, you know, the time is, is shortened exponentially. So I, I guess there the time limit varies depending on who you're dealing with, but I think it would be shortened if we were all clear on what we were looking for and what why we need what we're looking for. Because you would quickly be able to say, oh, she ain't got it. Oh, he ain't got it. But, you know, if you're not clear on any of that, you're just guessing and experimenting just to see what works. You know, you're just trying pegs at that point, see what fits. Okay, okay. And, and the worst thing you can do when you're trying to um, do pegs, you can't put a round peg in a square hole. And I feel like Today, a lot of people are trying to do that, put a square peg in a round hole. So I definitely get what you're saying. And I've also noticed that you kept saying time over and over and over and over again. So I definitely can get what you're saying from that. Um, for our viewers, I have D who is with us. We're talking about what qualities do you look for when dating. Um, if you want to call in with a question or interact with her, please dial 515-602-9647 and press the number 1. Fellas, you're listening in as well. I definitely want your input. Please make sure you're dialing in as well. So on our next question, then, D, since you were talking about the mini hats you've worn at with um, business, so then I have a question. When it comes to profession, 
does it matter? Some women say if he does not have his own business or he's not an entrepreneur, that she's not willing to date him if she is dealing with her own um, business. Is that a deal breaker for you? Do you feel like people can actually be able to deal with someone who works a typical nine to five while the other one's an entrepreneur or have their own business? Um, what are you, what is your thoughts with that? Um, I am not closed minded uh, like that. I don't think um, it is not a requirement for you to be an entrepreneur. Um, but I do need you to understand my entrepreneur side. Um, <laughs> It's been a while since I've dated a non-entrepreneur, though. Like, of course, the guy would have a nine-to-five, but he would be working on something on the side, and that would be kind of what attracted us to each other. So um, it's been a minute, but I don't think that I would be like, yo, you work at WSA, you work at the water plant. Oh, no, I'm not going to fool with you. <clears throat> I don't fool that. I don't feel that way at all. But I do know that it's easier for you to understand you know, or for easier for you to value an entrepreneur if mm-hmm. you were one yourself. Like it's, I, I'm I'm looking at would a a non entrepreneur value what I bring to the table? You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get, so, so then question since we're talking about non entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, especially because you made a keyword, you said value what you bring to the table. Um, do you think? With the person does a nine to five and their work matches or rivals you as an entrepreneur, they're just not motivated to be an entrepreneur. Would that kind of persuade you not to want to deal with it? Because, like you said, if you're dealing with an entrepreneur, you definitely have to be open and understand the what's the correct word I want to say the amount of drive and work and time. Because you've already mentioned time plays a key factor in what you do, and I know sometimes we can be selfish and feel like if that person doesn't have the time for me, then it's all bets are off. So how do you look at it, at that when you're implementing time and you're dealing with someone who's either an entrepreneur or not an entrepreneur? So I, I kind of want to make sure I got the question right. Mm-hmm. You're saying how do I deal with someone who is not an entrepreneur and being able to give them the proper amount of time is that what you're what you're saying, or you know they don't have the drive that I do. Well, uh, you know it's a little bit of both. So the first part of the question is like, how do you handle when you because you're an entrepreneur, the amount of time that you're putting into your business? How do you handle that time aspect with them probably wanting your time, wanting personal time with you? Um, and then the second part of the question, how do you handle that they're not an entrepreneur and they necessarily don't have that drive? to push you with your business. So they're just like, they're okay with they're doing the nine to five. They're cool with you doing the entrepreneurship, but that's about it. They're not really going to do any extra pushing of with you with your business. It, does that affect your interaction with them? Does it make you less likely to want to pursue, um, pursue a relationship or is it just one of those, hey, it is what it is as long as we make it work? I think it definitely would affect me. Um, if you're not, you know, one that's willing to push or, or, you know, if you're not one that, that sees, and, and I keep saying this word value, um, mm-hmm. anything that you value, you're, you're willing to nurture it, to make it grow, to help it flourish as best as you can. Um, so it, it, if you're not doing those things, I'm kind of wondering what is it that we're connecting over? What do we have in common? Um, and is is are those things strong enough to hold our attention towards each other? Um, I do know that my business, it's not the biggest part of me or, or anything like that, but my desire for self-improvement is, is a big part of who I am. Um, I'm, I'm constantly thinking of new ways to improve my business, to improve leadership skills, improve relationships, you know, et cetera. And for a person to not be engaged in any of that, I'm really trying to figure out what would we have in common that's strong enough to hold us together. Um, Okay, okay. And I think there was a second part. Like the first part was basically saying, how do I juggle time with that person? I would definitely find it. But then again, like I'm saying, like 
gosh, what are we what are we bonding over? Like what is and I might be missing it. Like I'm I'm totally open to finding out, you know, what would we be bonding over outside of our core values, you know? Mhm. Mhm. Okay, okay. So the keeping two key words I've heard from you so far is time and value. So I can definitely I can definitely see that. Um let's see here. So speaking with that, um when you look when you're looking at a potential man to date, what do you think is a deal breaker for most women and how can men avoid those pitfalls? Because nine times out of ten, most guys, they find someone that they're attracted to, they want to get to know them, and then something happens that breaks the camel's back. He doesn't really understand what it was. What is a big deal breaker you think that a lot of women have when it comes to um, the men that do approach them in life? Ooh, that's hard. Um, for me, mm-hmm. a, a deal breaker for me is immaturity. Like, if you're constantly involved in altercations or you're constantly mm-hmm. involved in fights or, you know, things that just really don't profit you anything, mm-hmm. um, that is a quick turn off. Um, I'm trying to think what would be the biggest thing for a all women um that's just a general no no like if it's a legit real woman she is not she's not interested in a man that is purpose like i said that you don't come to me with an intention you're just coming to play you're just coming to see what you can get out of me you know you're not coming with you know an intent to do something with longevity with me <laughs> and that would bother me beyond anything else Okay, okay. So then, okay, with that being said, then, the, um what is a quality that you are willing to compromise with if you have one? What quality would you be okay with? You know what? That's not that's not too bad. I'm willing to let that slide. Um, willing to let that slide. I, and I'm cautious to say this, and it's, but it's the only thing that comes to no, no, I'm not gonna say that. If you have a child and you don't have, if you have a child and you're still taking care of business, a child is not a, a problem for me. In fact, that's kind of like a, a a desire for me. So, like most women are like, oh, I don't want a man with kids. I'm the opposite. I want a man with kids, um, and I want you to be taking care of them. Um, you can't be having, like, child support in arrears and all this here. Um, but if you have kids, I'm more than willing to overlook that, you know? Okay, okay. So the question, since you did say that, because you know we live in a time where um, a lot of individuals do have children from previous relationships, is there a, for example, since you said it's not an issue if they have kids, what if he has multiple and they're from different, he has different baby mamas because you know, in society today, that's one of a lot of women's biggest gripes. Like, if he does have multiple kids, the biggest issue they don't want to deal with is baby mama drama. So, like, let's say he has eight. God forbid. But let's say he has eight. Taking care of all of them, um, and he has different baby mamas, are you still okay with that because he is still doing what he needs to do? Or how would you feel about that? Would you cap it? Would you, like, no, that's not something I would really want to handle? Would you entertain it? Because you do see the fact that he's doing everything that he should be doing um, as a father and with his life. Ooh, I'm going to make somebody mad. Um, I feel like (laughs) I'm trying to think, like, that sounds like, because my first question is how. Um, You have eight children in eight different places. How are you seeing them all? How are you paying them all the attention that they need and growing them and, and nurturing them into being, you know, productive citizens of society and nobody falling by the wayside? I think I, I really feel like that's the line right there. Like, um, and what I, if he's and an entrepreneur? Yeah. What if he's an entrepreneur? Oh, no, entrepreneur don't. It don't cover all sins, you know. Um, that's cute and cool, but you know, bruh, somebody else needs your attention. You you've got 
eight thieves out here that need to, you know, be paid attention to more so than I do. And I'm all for you going to pay attention to them eight people, you know, and I'm going to go over here because I only have one. So, <laughs> um not to judge you or nothing like that, but, I mean, you're going to have to jump over the moon to show me that you can pay attention to all eight of them adequately. All eight of the baby mamas got what they need in order to take care of your seed adequately, and you're going to take care of me and mine? Bruh, that's kind of, that's a lot. Like, that's a lot. Okay. That's a lot. I hear you, dude. I hear you, dude. I, I love this. So then question what about if his social status, let's say he's a celebrity and he has mm-hmm. that, does that change anything? Because, you know, sometimes status, a lot of people like to argue and say, well, this person has the status to be able to handle all of that that they bring to the table with multiple baby mamas and multiple children. Would that change in regards to yourself or um, would you still like feel regards to status, eight kids is a little much and eight baby mamas, that's a little too, too much to deal with? No, that don't change a thing. Um, For me, yeah, that don't change nothing. Absolutely not. The fact that you have eight women out here that you have produced a child with um, makes me question what's going on with your judgment. Where is your mind at when you're looking at legacy? You're intentionally splitting legacy eight different ways through eight different families. For what? Like, why? What's the problem? Because now I'm looking at, okay, well, what inspired that choice? Do you have a... A, a disorder where you just can't not shoot up the club? What, what's going on? Like, <laughs> I'm like, what the problem is, I'm going to start asking questions. And the thing is, um, people look at celebrities like they're somebody different. No, they're just people who manage to do something where a lot of people know you did it. That's it. They're They're still a person at the end of the day. They're not a god. They're not above you. They're not greater than you. They're still people. So, it doesn't faze me just because you're a celebrity or you're a person of notoriety. And even if you were all of that, I'm still one of nine. Mm-hmm. So I ain't got no specialness in any of that. I'm just one of the rusters, as they say on Color Purple. I don't need that, you know. <laughs> I got you. I got you. That actually makes sense. Fellas, I know you guys are listening intently. Please definitely call in. The number is 515-602-9647. Remember to press the number one. Today we are talking about what qualities do you look for when dating. I have the lovely Dee who is on here. She's done already dropped some um, nuggets of wisdom. Um, well, Dee, here's another question since we're talking about that. Would you date a man who is who is into polygamy? No. <laughs> no. That was clear cut and dry. Nope. No happening. No no way, no how. <laughs> I'm just laughing at myself. I feel myself getting loose now. See, I'm have to re- reel it back in, but absolutely not. No. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Um and a reason for that is because I'm very big on legacy. Um mm-hmm. And I know I have a very short amount of time to get a lot of things done that's going to supersede my life. So if I have one lifetime to build something that is going to outlive me, um, I'm not going to intentionally split all of those decisions up three and four different ways. And as much as people want to be like, yo, you know, we can get multiple people to help. No. If anybody has been in, you know, leadership or anything like that, the more people that you have at the table making decisions, the longer it takes for a decision to get made. So mm-hmm. I would not do that. I, I couldn't, and I know it takes a village to raise a child, but the whole village don't got to stay in your house. I'm selfish. <laughs> to keep it 100% real, I'm selfish. I, I want my man to myself, period. Like, I can't do it. So. Oh, I can respect that. I can respect that. So you hear her out there, guys. She said, absolutely not. She's not doing that. She wants hers and hers alone. Want no one else to have um handle on that. So kind of jumping back, though, to um, about the kids, um, D, I have a question. When it does, when dating those who have children, do you, do you evaluate how he interacts with his children? 
and his baby mama, or do you just focus to see on how he handles himself and his children? Because, you know, some people are like, well, if I do deal with someone who has um, children out in another, from another relationship, I want to look at how he interacts with his baby mama, or I just want to see as long as he's doing what right by his kids, it doesn't matter. Or do you think it's important to look at both sides? Because I could be right by my kids and treat my baby mama like crap, and I know some people are like, well, she's not with you anymore, so it doesn't matter. So what what is your take on that? Oh, I look at that heavily, um, how you interact with your baby mama. As a matter of fact, I look at how you interact with any woman. If you call a woman a B-word in my presence, we're, I'm about over it because it's only a matter of time before I'm a B-word, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not – I understand that whatever you had didn't work out, but you also need to be decent at conflict resolution. Now, there are just some people who are just, you know, hell-bent on creating and keeping up conflict, and and I'll give you that. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to definitely watch the situation. It's not an automatic, you know, fail. It's not an automatic, you know, no. But I'm certainly going to keep my eye on that. Like, I don't. I don't play that disrespecting women at all. I look at the way that you interact with your mother, with your sisters, uh, with women at work. I listen to how you speak about women at work. And, you know, when you're mad at them, how do you talk? You know, because if I hear you say, you know, and this B did it, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that in front of you. Okay, well, it's only a matter of time before you say that to me because your Mm -hmm. moral standard says that it's okay to call a woman a B word. So I'm, I'm highly scrutinous of that. I've been told I'm hard on men for for that type of reason, but you know what? I I can't do it. I'm I don't want you disrespecting no woman, no matter what they've done to you. Okay, okay. So so big on res- I I can definitely agree with that as well because you you are absolutely right. If you will call someone else this, it's only a matter of time before we make it in a disagreement and you decide you want to go ahead and throw that label onto me. So I I can rock with that. Uh, completely. I actually, I actually really like how how you worded that because sometimes we forget um, the respect factor um, when it comes to the relationships that we entertain and we look for um, in a partner. And speaking of that, when it comes to um, when it comes to the interaction of with women, because you mentioned the mother, do you believe the way a mother? has impacted or raised their son, will it impact how he may handle you? Or do you think it's just based on how that individual is? Because you have some moms who they do everything in their power um, for their children, their sons to know how to handle women, and lo and behold, they'll still get out there and still not handle them correctly. And then you have some women who didn't show their sons how to handle women correctly, but he went out there and he handled them like he was raised from day one on how to do it. Um do you think that excuse me, do you think that pays um impacts how he handles you by the way his mother raises him to handle women? Um, it can. So you know, we all grow up in a childhood and most of our parents did the best they could, whether they, you know, did a good job or not. But you get mm-hmm. to a certain age where you realize, okay, this was not profitable for me. I know I was taught this but this doesn't work for me, and so I'm going to do what I need to do to unlearn and find what does work. So I'm not going to automatically write you off if you grew up in an abusive household where your mother didn't, you know, nurture you or she didn't teach you certain things or whatever. I'm not going to automatically write you off, but I am going to ask, you know, or at least examine to find out how you're starting to rectify those things. Um, mm-hmm. I know for a fact myself, there were a lot of things that I learned when I was younger that just flat out didn't profit me when I got older. Like I had to learn how to be a, a, a girl pretty much, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, towards my adult years because I realized, okay, well, my mom was working all the time. I really didn't get taught how to be feminine. So mm-hmm. I had to do the self-work to, to build that up. Now, can a guy look at my mom and say, hey, well, this is what her mama likes, so this is what she's going to be like. You know, you could do that, but that'd be your loss because, mm-hmm. I, you know, we don't have to be what our parents taught us. You can at any time, you know, acknowledge that, you know what, this is the root of that, and I need to fix it. So, yeah. 
Okay. Okay. No, I, I like that. That's actually an excellent, excellent answer to that. I, I actually really like that because, because you are definitely correct. Um, and sometimes people forget you evolve as you get older as well. Um, and you start learning the ins and outs and how you handle the opposite sex. So that, that makes a lot of sense, sense to be honest. Um, with that being said, since we were talking about the standards and how we interact, I actually have a question that um, was brought to my attention a couple of weeks ago. Um, and the question was, why is it that some women tend to hold men to the standards that they see their friends, boyfriends, or husbands handling them? Is that something that just automatically happens? Is it intentional? Or do you, do women tend to feel like, hey, if my friend can experience all of this, I should be expecting the same thing? I think that's pretty spot on as to why um, it happens. Uh, you see, you get to see, you know, that, that woman gets to see the good part of your friend's relationship because, of course, you're not going to come out acting the donkey now. Some people do that, but, you know, <laughs> they're going to put their best foot forward as best they can. So, you know, I see this relationship that this, you know, this person has, and so therefore I want to experience that. I'm fantasizing about it. I'm watching from afar and wishing that I had that. And so when the next man comes along, I am holding him to that, uh, you know, I'm holding him to that standard. Now, I'm not saying that you can't ask for what you want because you definitely can, but, you know, make sure that you want what you want for a good reason, you know. Mm-hmm. Make sure that mm-hmm. what you're asking for is, is actually helpful to something. But, yeah, I think we, we kind of get caught up in looking at, uh, as they say, the highlight reel of these other relationships, not realizing that there's a lot of other things that go on behind the scenes. You know, you see him bringing her flowers at work. Well, you don't realize that he's trying to get back in her good graces because he cheated on her last week. You know, you don't see those things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's pretty much why. they just, you know, been fantasizing and looking at it and thinking that that's what you want for yourself. Okay, okay. And speaking of you saying sending flowers and stuff like that, um, I, I've noticed that a lot of men, whenever there's a disagreement or at odds with their significant other, they end up bringing some kind of token gift to her. Um, and it's funny because you hear women who say they don't really, the gift giving doesn't really make a difference or change, but I've noticed that when those gifts are given, nine times out of ten women accept those gifts. Can you kind of explain why you think women, as much as they say gift giving isn't going to be the thing that gets you back in their good, good graces, why is it when a man uses that to apologize, um, most women tend to accept those gifts? and kind of reset the clock and continue going, even if that relationship has been a little spotty or you've been having issues in regards to that? I have a theory. Um, Let's hear your theory. It may be because what you received in that moment is something that you haven't received throughout your life. So Mm -hmm. if you bring me flowers, and this is the first time that I've ever been brought flowers, I'm going to be flabbergasted over it because, oh, my God, I've never received flowers before. But if you've, you know, received those things before, if you give me a Ferrari but I get Ferraris every other week, I don't care nothing about that, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't, it don't, that don't do me no good because I could have went and bought my own Ferrari. I could have went and, you know, my daddy was going to give me a Ferrari. Anyway. You know what I'm saying? It, it loses it, you know, it, its power after that point. So I think a lot of these women are equating it to something that they never really experienced or never really had. And so it's like, you know, oh, my God, he must really love me because he's exposed me to something different when in all actuality it's just what it is. It's just a a material thing. I would much rather you expose me to a different you than a gift to say sorry, Um, but not to say that, you know, gifts aren't nice to get. (laughs) No, no, not a problem. Excellent, excellent. So, do you think uh, some women have superficial desires or ones that may not be equivalent to the life she currently is living? So let me kind of restate the question because I feel like I kind of said it wrong. Do you think some women have superficial desires 
or ones that may not be equivalent to the life she's currently living? Well, I don't think that any of us desire anything that we already got because we got it already. So there's not necessarily anything wrong with desiring, you know, something that you have not given yourself. And I know that a lot of people keep saying that. It's like, well, you can't give yourself six figures, da da da. So why are you asking for it? <laughs> Yet and still, there are six figure dudes running around here with 25 year old broke chicks. Why? Because for whatever reason, whatever the exchange was, they felt that that was fair trade. So mm-hmm. I don't have a problem, you know, I don't have a problem with you wanting a man who makes six figures and you broke, as long as you're willing to give him whatever he's asking for in return. Now, I don't know what that could be. That could be your body. That could be your firstborn. That could be, you know, he just wants you to kick it with him on the weekends, and he's fine with that. But that depends on that individual guy. So, I mean, and then as far as whether it's superficial or not, um, I, I got to be honest, I really don't think everything has to be deep all the time. Like, mm-hmm. if you want a Birkin bag, you won't, you go get a Birkin bag. Like, if that's what you want, get it. Like, but you got to be willing to do whatever work it takes to, to get that Birkin bag. Um, if you need to work extra hours on your job, go for it. If you need to you know, find a sugar daddy or whatever, I'm not here to judge. But, you know, like, there's nothing, I don't think there's honestly anything all that wrong with being superficial sometimes, as long as that's not your your default or your all-the-time behavior, because I feel like that's where you start to sell your soul or do any and everything for things that just really don't add up to anything. I hope that made sense. I hope that answers the question. Oh, no, it, it, <laughs> It, it definitely made made sense, D. Um, you made a lot of sense with that. Um, for anyone who is looking online, if you want to type out your questions, you can. Um, please join us on he said what network.com if you want to leave a question or comment. Also, for those that are listening in, don't forget that, fellas, ladies, you can call in at 515-602-9647 and press the number one. And once again, you guys know tonight on She Said What, we are talking about what qualities do you look for when dating with my special guest, D. Um, D, capping back off of that when it came about superficial or not, here's, here's a question I have for you then. Does a man's financial status affect if you, if you will give him a chance? Does he need to make a certain amount? Are you fine as long as he's showing that he is financially responsible because, um, like you said, you, you see six-figure dudes that are with 24-year-olds or whatnot. Does it really matter about his financial status, or is it more important that he is financially literate, literal, literally, literal, literal, ah, financially literate, um, and or and responsible? Usually, when you are financially literate, it leads to you being financially stable, and it produces fruit in other ways. Um, but I am, I, I place more emphasis on the financially literate part. Um, I think that once you're financially literate, you're a person who invests, you're a person that understands how to grow money, things like that. Um, would I make that a, a make it or break it type situation for a guy? No, but I, we can't overlook the fact that certain things do produce certain fruits. So, um, mm-hmm. the same time, at the same time, if anybody listens to like Dave Ramsey or anything like that, you get these people who call in and they'll be like, yo, I'm a million dollars in debt. And then he'll be like, how much do you make a year? And he was like, I, I make $250,000 a year. Like, how did you manage to get yourself in a million dollars worth of debt? You were out here spending yeah. money like you didn't, you know, you were out here spending money like you didn't care. So just because somebody has that money, doesn't mean they mm-hmm. actually have that money, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely put more emphasis on financial literacy, um, but I do believe that eventually, if not right now, financial literacy will eventually produce fruit of you being able to, you know, it'll eventually show that you are financially literate, at least in the fact that your lights ain't cut off every other weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a fact. If you legit have some people who every other week or whatever the lights the lights are off, so you're you're definitely correct with that. So okay, so 
So then, um, <clears throat> moving along, <clears throat> excuse me, um, do you feel like the qualities you want in a, a man changes over time? Um, and if so, what qualities remain the same for you? So do you feel like at any time um, through the years, do you feel like the qualities you look for change, or do they remain the same? Uh, for me, they've definitely changed as I've matured. Um and I don't know if you guys are like, you know, a Christian station, which is perfectly fine if you're not. But I, mm-hmm. I did have a conversation with God at one point, and I was single. I had just gotten out of uh, my marriage, which was extremely abusive. And I was seeing all these people be happy with their spouses or, or whatnot. And I was like, God, why have I not had someone, you know, come to me or they find me, you know, as desirable or whatever it was that I felt those other girls had. And I remember God saying, I haven't finished changing your preferences yet. At the time when I was that age, yeah, like at the time when I was that age, I didn't have sense enough to ask for what I really needed in a relationship. I didn't have sense enough to ask for a man who is a praying man um, because when you elevate, you are definitely going to run into brand new demons on new levels that you're going to mm-hmm. have to just fast and pray to get rid of. Um, I didn't have sense enough to ask for a man who was financially literate or financially responsible because I wasn't at the time, you know. So, of course, your your needs are going to change as you or they should. As you grow up, as mm-hmm. you learn who you are, as you learn what it is that you're here to do and how you're here to do that, um, and I'm pretty sure that your spouse might change over time, and it's important for you and that person to grow together. But I do believe that you you definitely should change, just like everything else in you changes as you grow. That would probably change as well. Okay, okay. Um, and and that's actually that's that's big. I think sometimes people don't either people don't realize or they refuse to make the change as they get older. Because I've I've told people before. What I probably was attracted to in my twenties, it's definitely not what I'm attracted to now. So um, <laughs> it's it's actually good to hear that. Yes, a lot of people it does change as you get older. Um, to me, I kind of fear that if it doesn't change, that there may be a problem. <laughs> if if you still um, dealing with the same characteristics that you wanted when you was in your twenties, so that that's that's a really good one. Um, so here's another one because of course we're in the age where we talk about women being independent and some men not liking how independent some women are and some women not wanting to be considered too independent. Um, Do you, when you look at a potential partner, do you look for a do-it-all man or does it really matter? And when I say do-it-all, you have a lot of women that are like, hey, if he's not good with his hands and all this stuff, I don't want him, I need a man's man. Then you have some men who they don't come up like that. They're pretty much more cerebral. They're more the death office man, so there's certain things they're really not going to do. Um, I put it like this. I've learned to work smarter, not harder. So mm-hmm. when I hear people say they want a man's man that do it all, y'all remember, I look at them like, hey, if I can afford to have it done by somebody else, I'm going to have someone else do it. Um, yeah. So do you look for a do-it-all man, or does it really matter for you? Absolutely not. I do not look for that. And I, I have the same ideology that you have. Uh, if you can't do it, we're going to pay somebody. Um, we can do something. There's something that we can do that will give us the money to pay somebody else. Um, I am all for you paying somebody if it is not your genius. If you are not amazing and passionate about doing graphic design, pay me and I will do it for you. Um, <laughs> if you are not <laughs> You know, passionate about cutting grass, pay somebody to do that for you. Because somebody out here adores cutting grass. Like, that is their their heaven and their safe haven. So if you yourself can't do it, let somebody else do it. Or not even if you pay them. Um, you can barter for that type of stuff. Like, yo, I'm really good at accounting, and you're really good at cutting grass. Let's say I do your books for a month if you keep my yard up for the summer. You know what I'm saying? Just I'm oh, really yeah. impressed. I'm so much more impressed with resolve where you see mm-hmm. a situation and if you don't want to do it, you're going to find a way to get it done. If you know that you can't do it, you're going to find something that's going to, you know, get that, that, that spot filled or, or, or whatever that you need to do. So I'm, 
I don't need a man who can build anything and and all of that stuff. I just need you to know that if we need a bookcase, can we go can we go buy one? Can we trade? You know, I can cook. Can I trade my cooking for one? Can I make you a flyer for one? Let's figure out how to get what we need. We don't all have to run around slaving and you know killing ourselves to do stuff we don't even like doing. That's a fact. That is a fact, D. So I actually like that. Yeah, work work smarter, not harder. Um, okay, D. So for for you personally, what does a real man look for? What does a man? What does a real man look for in your eyes? So it's different for every man. I think. We get caught up in saying a real man wouldn't do X, Y, and Z. Well, that just depends on whatever that real man's here to do. Um, mm-hmm. If you are a man that doesn't like plus-size women, that does not mean that you're not a real man. If you're mm-hmm. a man who doesn't like, you know, tall girls, that doesn't mean that you're not a real – whatever your issue, you can still be a real human being and have mm-hmm. a preference. That doesn't – you don't your your preference is not negated simply because that ain't what you want. Um, I will say a real man does not want a woman who is uh, who has low self esteem because it makes it easy for him to manipulate her. Like I think everything comes down to motive. Like mm-hmm. as long as your desire is is pure and you're not there to destroy somebody else, and you are you know, clear on what you're choosing at that time, then, you know, you're fine. Um, There are some men who just want somebody to sleep with in that moment. I'm not going to downplay you because maybe you recognize that you are not in the place that you need to be in in order to maintain a relationship. That's that's fine, you know. As long as your motives are not to destroy somebody else or where you don't care, about that other person, you're not being dishonest, um, you're not being honest and stuff like that, as long as that's not what you're doing, then, you know, it varies from person to person. I'm not silly enough to be rigid like that. Okay, okay, no, I can respect that. Hey, callers that are listening, remember you can dial in at 515-602-9647 and press the number one to be able to come on live with us here as we talk on what qualities do you look for with dating. Um, here's, here's a doozy one for you, D. Um, does it matter whether he is a beta versus an alpha, which is interesting because you always hear that argument, I'm an alpha man or I want an alpha man, nobody wants no beta. Does it really matter? if he's a beta or an alpha? I think the the definition of those are kind of warped nowadays. Like, we we associate a hunter-gatherer type guy as an alpha and mm-hmm. look at someone who would rather be behind a desk as a beta, and that's not the case. Um, mm-hmm. Because that hunter-gatherer can be a, a, a dude of brute strength, but he's stupid. But the guy that's behind the desk is intelligent enough to go and get food without him having to risk getting killed. So mm-hmm. why am I exalting the one that will go out there and kill a bear with his bare hands instead of the one that would decide, yo, I know how to order bears that's already killed and no one has to die. Like, like <laughs> I don't – like, I, I hope that makes sense. Um, so for me, there is – I don't – if you're a person who would rather be quiet – and you're not one for, you know, fighting and confrontation and all that stuff, that does not make you beta, quote, unquote. Um, That does not make you feminine. That doesn't make you any of those Mm -hmm. things. It's just a person that don't want confrontation. So for me, I I don't subscribe to those things. I don't consider myself an alpha female. I don't, you are who you are, and you'll find Mm -hmm. a person that fits with that. And those things, we just waste time putting labels on dumb stuff for no reason. So Exactly. And it's funny that you said that because I, I always, one of my favorite quotes is when it comes to people talking about betas and alphas. I tell people, just because you're the loudest person in the room don't make you an alpha. And just because you're the quiet exactly. one in the room doesn't make you a So you, you are definitely correct. A lot of people have the word beta and alpha male misconstrued heavily in today's society with that. So, no, I can concur with that. Um, as as well. So I definitely can agree with that. Um, guys, we have um, 
10 minutes, and we'll be wrapping up uh, this episode of She Said What. Um, so, the my next question for you, and this was an interesting one because I see a lot of women, it's a battle when it comes to this. Is it a turnoff if a man is deemed to be too friendly with the opposite sex? Mm, it depends on where we are in our relationship. Um, and what we're defining as too friendly. Um, Mm -hmm. If we're in the beginning stages and no one is exclusive, do what you want to do. Um, I have not, you know, I have not made my intentions known. You've not made your intentions known. Um, Oh, he's supposed to be talking to me, but he's talking to her. I'm Okay, and, you know, no one is is pledging to nobody over here. So... Mm -hmm. That that's you you be who you are with that. If we have decided that you and I are going to be exclusive, then that means that we have to come to a new awareness of the fact that we are we are we are intentionally trying to be for one another. So mm-hmm. at that point, now I have a problem with you walking up hugging every female you see or you are embracing someone the same way that you would embrace me. At that point, I'm wondering what equals intimacy to you because you're performing some variation of intimacy on a lot of different people. So what part of you is for me, you know? So, so I, I think that's the only time. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good, D. Go ahead. Um, I think that's the only time that I'm really like, oh, you're you're too friendly um, is when I'm questioning what intimate part of you belongs to me. That's when I feel like, okay, now we got to have a conversation. Okay, okay. So basically just setting the correct boundaries, but it's also predicated on based on where you are relationship-wise or what where area are you in forming that relationship, basically. Right. Okay, okay. So then to piggyback off of that one then, here's one I got for you. How do you feel about, you're not exclusive, but how do you feel about someone who is dating multiple women while getting to know you? Are you okay with that? Do you prefer not to know? Would you rather them be upfront about it? Or is it just like, hey, I'm focused on you um, to see where this is going. I kind of don't like looking like I'm being picked off a bench. On that. Um <laughs> If you if we're just talking, nobody has made like I I, I use the word intention a lot. What is mm-hmm. your intention with me, and are the other actions that you're doing interfering with that intention? Mm-hmm. Um, I would prefer not to know. It's technically none of my business whether you're mm-hmm. dating somebody else or not. If we've not come to the agreement that hey, we're gonna be exclusive. Or you know mm-hmm. whatever, um, but please understand and know that I will act accordingly. Like I, I at that point resolve, you know, I reserve the right to do what I need to do to make sure. Okay, well, this person can be gone at any minute. This person can not choose me. This person can, you know, he's already decided that he is, you know, shopping around. So it's quite possible that I not be the one that you choose, which is fine. So I have okay. to you know, adjust my feelings accordingly. I have to adjust the way I posture myself accordingly. But, no, technically it's not any of my business whether you're dating other people or not. Okay, okay. So, question, so piggybacking off of that, then, um, do, you, do you feel like that's fair? Because um, you're – are you giving them a full – full chance in regards to that? Do you think that's fair? You're adjusting yourself to move accordingly or is it one of those, hey, this, this, I'm trying to frame the question in my head the way I had wrote it down. Um, do you think that's fair? Let me put it for lack of a better word. Do you actually think that's fair for the individuals? Because if this one is, like you said, it's none of your business, but let's say you have been focused on that person and then you find out that this person's been shopping like he's at the Sam's Club or neighborhood Walmart. Um, do you think that's actually fair? Fair? I don't know if that's the right word for it. I know that I have learned over time 
to watch who I give that type of energy to. A lot of these people have not earned my focus like mm-hmm. that. So in the beginning, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you that. You don't, you don't, you've not done anything to earn my undivided attention if you're not doing, you know, what you need to do to have my undivided attention. So I'm gonna kind of assume that I don't have yours because we've not talked about it. Um, I think it is kind of, I don't think it's kind of hard because you said fair and it's like what what determines whether it's fair or not? Like what determines whether that's okay to do or not? The only thing that does that is communication and you setting expectations up front. So if those expectations have not been set, you know, is it fair for me to hold you to them? Hmm. That that makes sense. That makes sense. I I appreciate that that um answer. D. It definitely leaves you to sit and think on how you interact. Um. Now we're getting ready to wrap up. D. I really appreciate you being on here. But before I let you go, can you please please give us your information, Instagram, Facebook, um, so that we can be able to follow you, um, and see whatever future endeavors that you have or upcoming projects that you have. Um. Actually, hold hold on before you do that. Um, the I actually have a caller that is calling in with a question for you. So let me go, go ahead and have them come on. Caller, welcome to um, – never mind, they disconnected, but that's okay, D. Um, so like <laughs> I was saying, can you give us um, information on yourself, your social media platforms, and future um, projects that you may have so that we can follow you? Absolutely. So um, I am on Facebook at Darshani Creative. Um, we are a creative firm for entrepreneurs, authors, speakers, coaches, indie artists, um, things of that nature. Um, so we do graphics. We do uh, flyers, marketing materials, all that good stuff for you guys. Um, I am also a co-host on the Jermaine Mickey radio show. You can catch us every other Friday on WAJMRadioCom.com. Um, okay. You can also find me on Jermaine Mickey TV show on Facebook. We do a show every other Friday as well, a live show. Um, and I'm always in Clubhouse somewhere under the name Darshni Create. Um, so, yeah, Darshni Creative, Darshni Create. You can find me pretty much everywhere on social media under that name. So, yeah. <laughs> perfect, be perfect. I'm definitely going to follow her, guys. You too as well. Also, guys, make sure you follow us at He Said What Radio on Instagram. I am your host, Alan Newman, for he, She Said What. You can follow me on Facebook at Alan M. Newman Jr. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at Newman underscore Jr. underscore 2.0. Or you can follow my Newman Top Takes page on Instagram as well. Looking forward to having you guys with us for Episode 3 on next Wednesday. It is going to be a doozy. The topic will be women and accountability, and that will be a special guest, Stephanie. I know the fellas will be interested in being a part of that because we love hearing about the word accountability when it comes towards our men. It'll be interesting to hear it from a women's perspective on being accountable. Once again, you can follow us on Instagram at He Said What Network. Also, if you want to sit there and um, follow us on there, you can as well. And like I said, if you are looking to be um, a future business owner or entrepreneur, you can send your inquiries to ads at he said what network.com. It was a pleasure having you guys here with us on She Said What. Looking forward to being able to interact with you guys on next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a wonderful night.